Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Ruby Rogues podcast. This week on our panel, we have Valentino Stoll. Hey, now. John Epperson. Hello, everybody. I'm Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs, and this week we have a special guest, and that is Bruno, is it Satich? Sutich. 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 Uh, do you want to introduce yourself real quick, let people know who you are and why you're awesome? Sure. Hi, everybody. I'm, I'm very happy to be here on the show. So, um, yeah, I've been a Ruby uh, developer, Ruby programmer for, I think, more than 10 years now. Yeah, it's been 11 years now. Actually, before being a Ruby programmer, I started wanting to be a project manager at IBM here in Zagreb, Croatia. But uh, I quickly realized that's uh, not what I want to be, and that's not what I want to become in life. And somehow I discovered Ruby, fell in love with it, and uh, it's been a nice romance since. <laughs> and yeah, so I think, you know, in, in terms of my uh, resume or, you know, what I've been doing, it's been pretty uh, standard. I've, I've done uh, some agency work for a couple of years, like three, three or four years. Then I've switched to, I've had another job with uh, a product-based IoT company from uh, Denver. We've been doing internet connected locks, right? Like a solution where you can connect to your door and do whatever, right? So that's been really nice. And since about two years uh, now, I've been doing my own product. I'm starting something and uh, yeah, working on it for for uh, more than a year now. And I think I think that's it. You know, I think that's it in terms of uh, I've been finding about async. It's been just a, a luck, you know, I've been evaluating it for my project. I kind of decided to, to work in it, to implement it. And yeah, I've been working with Async Ruby for, uh, for about a, a year and a half now, you know, and I, I, think, I think it's really, really nice. And I think, I think Rubies and people, Ruby community really needs to look into it because it's, it's awesome. Async Ruby really is awesome. And I guess we're here to just, you know, kind of get familiarized with it and spread the word. Hey, folks, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs. And lately, I've been working on actually building out Top End Devs. If you're interested, you can go to topendevs.com slash podcast, and you can actually hear a little bit more about my story, about why I'm doing what I'm doing with Top End Devs, why I changed it from uh, devchat.tv to Top End Devs. But what I really want to get into is that I have decided that I'm going to build the platform that I always wished I had with devchat.tv and I renamed it to Top End Devs because I want to give you the resources that are going to help you to build the career that you want, right? So whether you want to be an influencer in tech, whether you want to go and just max out your salary and then go live a lifestyle with your family, your friends, or just traveling the world or whatever, I, I want to give you the resources that are going to help you do that. We're going to have career and leadership resources in there, and we're going to be giving you content on a regular basis to help you level up and max out your career. So go check it out at topendevs.com. If you sign up before my birthday, that's December 14th. If you sign up before my birthday, you can get 50% off the lifetime of your subscription. Once again, that's topendevs.com. So Bruno, before we jump in here really quick, just wanted to ask you, you said that you'd been working on a project for over a year now. Is it a secret? Are you telling us what it is? Just kind of curious maybe what it was, if you wanted to say. If you oh, don't, that's uh, okay too. So uh, about my product, right? So it done, I am kind of holding it to myself. So yeah, it is kind of uh, not really top secret, but like I'm, I'm not being open to, uh, open with it. Hundred uh, percent. So okay. hopefully that's that's okay. That's clear. Okay then. Cool. Sounds great. Let's talk about async. <laughs> so, so there's a lot of async libraries out there for for Ruby. What I guess brought you to async in the first mm -hmm. place, and and what do you 
what do you think is better about it than maybe some of the others? It's a good question. It's a really, really good question. Okay, so full disclosure, I do know about other async libraries out there, but I have not, I do not have extensive experience with them, right? I've just like kind of evaluated it quickly and chosen async, right? Async, async Ruby. Um, and what really, why, the why async and why not something else is the main developer of async Ruby is a Ruby core committer, right? And it, so there has been a lot of parts required for async Ruby to work really nice with Ruby that have been brought into the Ruby core, right? Into Ruby language. In addition to that, Matt's, the creator of Ruby, uh, of, uh, of Ruby language, uh, has invited an async Ruby to be a standard into standard library. I, I guess it's called a bundle gem now, you know, but anyway, async Ruby has been invited to Ruby standard library, you know, and that kind of, kind of piqued my interest. You know, why is this library more like special than any other library? Right. And, uh, as I dove into it, you know, it kind of became clear that Currently, as, as things stand, async Ruby does have a very, very strong support from Ruby core team. What that means is there are a lot of features that have been introduced into, say, Ruby 3.0, Ruby 3.1, into core Ruby that are benefiting async, the library, the gem. And, well, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's it. And so that's, that's one side, of course. The other side is async gem itself is really, really nice to work with. I mean, nice as in not nicer than other async, you know, other async libraries in Ruby that are like nicer than work than most other languages out there, right? I, I mean, the, the I guess the most common uh, async language that support async and has the asynchronous paradigm is, of course, JavaScript. Like everyone knows that, right? And, you know, I'm going to be bold here and say, look, async Ruby is much nicer to work with then the asynchronous paradigm in, in JavaScript. So yeah, it's a really, really nice, nice gem. Yeah, that, that support that, that it enjoys the support of Ruby core deep. Uh, I think that's it. So what brought you to uh, start using it and experimenting with it? So as I mentioned, I have this my project that I'm pushing and I needed, you know, some, some approach to make many, many uh, HTTP requests in parallel, right? I needed something. And so one common approach is, you know, as I already mentioned, using threads, right? You, If you want to make like, you know, 20 requests, HTTP requests in parallel, and then wait for some time for all of them to resolve, you use threads in, in Ruby commonly. And if you have, if you start building your app around it, if, you know, if that logic gets more complicated, you soon discover that, threads really have their downsides when it comes to complexity of handling them, right? I've done threads, uh, raw Ruby threads in Ruby for other things. And let me tell you that that is like, I'm not going to say hell. If you know what what you're doing, you're going to be fine. But they're complex. Working with raw Ruby threads is complex. And so, you know, I needed something else other than uh, threads to, to, you know, to handle, to make many HTTP requests in parallel, many at the same time. And search for solutions, and you know, async really stood out from uh, anything else that's out there currently uh, in Ruby in Ruby landscape. You know, right? So I'm just kind of curious, you know, as we kind of pull this in and start using it in your. You said you're using this on a project. Like, how easy is it to pull in and implement? And does it really change the way that you think about Ruby? Because it's it's one thing if it's hey, you know, I get ABC benefits out of it, but also, you know, it's like, is it a giant pain? 
Is it, oh man, I got to kind of bend my brain around this other way of thinking, stuff like that. That's really good questions. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, I mean, of course, it, it depends on what, what you're trying to do, right? I'd say, you know, a good first, a good first, like a, a task or, or a, a challenge for any anyone coming into Async Ruby and wanting, wanting to experiment with it would be, you know, you have a scenario where Maybe you have a challenging, you want to make an API client and, and, you know, and it requires you to have there's scenarios where you need to like make five requests in parallel, right? And, and that's it. You know, you just make five requests in parallel, just wait in parallel, of course. And then once you get the, you know, all, all the results, you make something with it and you're good, right? That's, I think, an easy scenario, right? And I think using async. For in that case, is really simple, right? It just you know making a couple API requests, network requests. Once you're done, just work with it in a regular Ruby way. I think that's really really easy to do. And I guess you know another thing, another question that could be asked is like, okay, is is that the only thing that async can do? Of course not. You know, in the async core gem, named async, of course, there are there are a couple more things, a couple more utility classes that are bundled in it with the gem that you can use, right? And so if you decide to, to move on from that simple uh, network example with five requests, I think you're well equipped with async gem to handle more complex scenarios. And yes, there's some degree of learning when it comes to, you know, building more uh, complex logic with async. But I think, you know, there are a couple concepts that, that you need, you know, if you want to go advanced with async, there are a couple of concepts that you kind of want to understand, yeah, before going advanced with it. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's the answer to the question. I mean, I could go deeper, but maybe, you know, if you guys want to just steer the direction of, of the conversation, that would be awesome. I don't want to, I, I kind of feel uneasy talking, talking the whole time. Uh, <laughs> so, so uh, <laughs> yeah. Sure. I have a, a bunch of questions here. I guess one thing I always think about when uh, worrying about throwing HTTP requests in particular, right, and something concurrent, especially thinking about like, you know, a lot of people think about jobs, background jobs, right? Like Mm -hmm. throwing a bunch of stuff on a queue and having it churn through kind of asynchronously, right, so to speak, Mm -hmm. as it pulls things off. But there's a lot of issues, right, where you kind of have to make sure everything can be run again, right? Like if it fails, you need to, it'll retry and you, you need to be able to say, okay, like build it so that it can run again without any issue. Mm-hmm. And also like if there's a one slow request out of the group, does that slow down the whole group? Yeah. As, as John is letting me know, idempotency for, for those background workers. But I, so I'm curious if you're familiar kind of with how maybe async can solve some of these issues or if there are special mm-hmm. considerations you have to consider when using async or maybe it's not meant for those purposes. Mm-hmm. No, that's a, that's a good question. Yeah. All right. So I'm kind of thinking what's the best approach, uh, approach to answer this question. So look, I think like if you think about a background queue like site, you know, the most common one, I think that's just like a, that's not relatable in a way to async, right? Like async is much lower level library in a way. It's much closer to the core Ruby language. It's just like a, a more simpler primitive, so to say. It just, it's, it, you would, it's much easier to compare raw threads with async 
and you know fibers. So async runs on fibers. So those things are kind of comparable, right? If you think about a background queue like Psychic, I mean, I think that's a much higher level library where all these features that you mentioned, like retries and you know, I guess pulling things from a queue and just some kind of a resiliency, uh, uh, you know, if you like restart your app and there's like some jobs that have not finished that are retried and all that. I mean, I, th- I think those features are just like a higher level, you know, at the higher level. If you, uh, so for example, you know, Sidekick uses threads, like that would maybe be comparable, right? What if you built some kind of a, a background worker system built on async? That would be comparable, right? So hopefully that makes sense. I think comparing a Sidekick with async does not really make sense. You would have to maybe go lower level and compare threads with async, right? Uh, that said, you know, if anyone is asking if there is a background job system built on async, there, uh, to my knowledge, there is no such a such a gem has not been written, right? Right now, you know, async does have a core gem and a pretty rich ecosystem of other gems, you know, that can work really nicely in an asynchronous way but like a full-fledged background job worker that you can just uh, pl- uh, you know, plug into Rails and it works? Uh, no, currently no. One thing to say you know, when we're talking about Sidekick, I think you can really nicely use async within Sidekick. So you know, if you have a need uh, to make a large number, not a large number you know, HTTP request and you choose Sidekick, you can still use async within Sidekick job to kind of, speed things up and to not clog your sidekick queues and, and similar. So uh, Yeah, I guess I was getting at with the comparison of sidekick is, I forget the library, but I think it's by Evil Martians, where they allow you to kind of batch similar jobs together to process them in bulk. And so I, I'm wondering maybe if there could be some kind of batch queuing system, like you were saying, that could process things, you know, similar jobs in parallel just to churn through things faster and keep the queue moving. But going off of the topic of Rails, (laughs) so I did read in your article that it's not quite ready fully for Active Record. What's kind of left in that? Because I know there are two open issues. Can you speak to kind of where those are and kind of what what limitations there are? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, okay. I I mean, I do have to say a disclaimer. So I'm not, uh, so currently my... The most experience I have is just raw async, right? Building a plain Ruby app with async. So I'm not trying to implement async with Rails, right? And as I mentioned, I think currently that's not possible in a classical way where a Rails app is backed by a classic database like uh, uh, Postgres or uh, MySQL. Uh, that said, uh, when it comes to challenges of working, you know, using async with Rails, uh, yeah, there's been, I think, to my knowledge, there's one core problem, and that is making active record connection pool work on a fiber local level, if that makes sense. Um, that is at least my understanding. Of course, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not an expert on uh, Rails or active record internals. So uh, in another way, the, ch- the challenge or the, the outstanding issue is uh, instead of making a, a one uh, a database connection per thread, Rails needs to handle one database connection per fiber. We have not talked about fibers yet a lot, but you know that's the equivalent of a thread in an async uh, in an in an async paradigm. Um, 
So in a, in a uh, Rails app that is uh, working with async, um, a single HTTP request would be handled not in a single thread, but in a single fiber, right? So if you think about Puma, Puma, you know, of course, it's multi-process, you know, that's, that's uh, standard, but it's also can, you know, it can handle, uh, it can be multi, multi-threaded, right? So a single process has, say, 10 or 20 threads. So you get, you can, with a single process, you can handle 20 HTTP requests in parallel. If you work with async, you know, if async was supported, um, you know, a, a parallelism that could be achieved would go much, much higher, right? Um, and the reason for that is that because fibers are way more cheaper uh, in terms of resources than threads. Uh, you know, a common standard recommendation for using threads is, you know, okay, if you want to go, you know, large, you, you can go 50 threads in a single process. Maybe you can push it to 100 threads in a single process, but, you know, that's pretty much it. If you go above 100 threads per Ruby process, you either know what you're doing and you're like expert on it or you're just like wrong. So that's the story with threads. When it comes to fibers, uh, you can have, like, I think I've heard people talking about low level millions. So, you know, a single Ruby process can work with a low level mil- couple million uh, fibers at the same time, right? Of course, it has to be a special use case, right? It does not apply to all the scenarios. But you know, uh, you know uh, the the parallelism that could be achieved in a Ruby, uh, in a, sorry, in a Rails app uh, is much much higher than with threads. Of course, that's still you know uh, kind of theoretical. We first need to kind of uh, iron out those outstanding Rails issues and really try it out. Uh, but you know, the, the, you know, the kind of promise is like really interesting to say the least. All the talk of uh, Puma unnecessarily <laughs> supporting it. <laughs> Out of the because I know it has some limitations on what it supports with HTTP two. But so h- how does somebody use async? Right, like what do they need the latest Ruby to be able to take advantage of it? Like is it backported to a certain point? Uh, is there like kind of a bare minimum criteria you have to have before it even makes sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. That's a good question. All right. Uh, so so look, uh, I mean. As I, as I mentioned a couple of times, async uh, is a really low-level interface, right? It's uh, it's related to uh, Ruby threads. So, you know, the, the question may be, like, what, what can you do with threads? Like, you can do many things. You can handle, you can be on the server side and handle, you know, many requests in parallel, or you can be on, like, the client side and make uh, many requests in parallel. So, uh, you know, because, before maybe attacking the question directly, I want to talk, uh, you know, there, with async, you can do the same thing, right? You can use the raw uh, async library and just maybe do whatever you want in Ruby with it. And then there's like you know also async HTTP gem that's like an uh, kind of powerful uh, HTTP library uh, that's you know it could be used as like a API client for making requests, right? That's that's one approach. Uh, also, there's Falcon the gem that's uh, really written around an async core that you can use to uh, handle, you know, handle, of course, handle HTTP requests. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, 
there, there's many things that can be used, uh, you know, used with async, and and you know, it's a it's a pretty low level uh, primitive uh, in Ruby. Uh, so back to maybe your question to answer it more directly. I think Ruby two point six, I think, is supported. But there are some limitations. For example, if you want to make HTTP requests asynchronously with Ruby 2 something, right? Any Ruby 2 library, you would have to use async HTTP. So that's another library, right? Now, if you are on Ruby 3.0, you do not have to depend on async HTTP. You only have to use, you can only use async gem and using any other HTTP library is supported out of the box. Because of because of the fiber scheduler feature that was merged into Ruby 3.0. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you can you know use async and sorry, you can use net HTTP that's built into Ruby and uh, make asynchronous HTTP requests with it. But you also have to just depend on the async gem. So that's Ruby 3.0. The only kind of hard dependency is uh, the core async gem. Now, if we move on to Ruby 3.1, I mean, well, there's nothing new, you know, I guess. There are a couple new features there, uh, but I think you, you still have to depend on the async gem. So, yeah, I mean, I think th- that's kind of the direct answer, right? Uh, two point something Ruby, yeah, you can work with async, but, you know, you kind of need to depend on more gems. Whereas in Ruby 3.0, the only hard requirement is uh, the async gem itself. So in your great so, RubyConf talk, you kind of walk through a lot of the, I guess, how async works, right? With the event reactor and fibers and mm-hmm. the fiber scheduler. So it kind of seems like, because I know you made kind of a, a, a comment in one of your articles about Matt's regretting making fibers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it seems like, <laughs> it hey. almost seems like we're coming back to liking fibers now, now that some improvements have been made. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I think I have to correct you. So Matt's never said he regrets making fibers. Uh, Matt said that he regrets adding threads into Ruby. Mm. I think that's a big difference, uh, right? Oh, uh, yeah. So threads really are really hard to work with directly in Ruby because of their inherent complexities, you know. But fibers, yeah, I think that's a, that's a different story. So, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of these things, async and fibers and, you know, fiber scheduler, event selector, those concepts are pretty hard to talk in the Ruby community. Just for the reason, I think uh, us Rubies, we're just not accustomed to working with, with these things, you know. We're not used to working with, like, so for example, event select, selector, right? I don't think a lot of uh, Rubies even know what it is, right? Like, uh, so just to clarify, uh, event selector. I'm, I'm talking. I'm thinking something about uh, EPAL on Linux or KQ on a Mac or even newer IOU ring on Linux, which is like a hot new technology. I mean, that's not relevant for us Rubies. Like we're we're living in like a Rails land or you know mm-hmm. just like a Ruby object land. Like we don't concern ourselves with EPAL. So it, you know, async brings these things. You know, you, you know, you benefits of these concepts into Ruby. And it's kind of hard to, you know, kind of spread the news because not a lot of people know what an event selector is, you know. Uh, same thing with fibers, you know. How many Rubies really understand fibers? That's like a that's like a really, really low-level technology. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think in order, to, you know, to for people to understand the, the awesomeness of async, we kind of have to, you know, dig into, you know, a little bit into these, you know, 
uh, harder topics, you know. But yeah, I mean, did I digress? <laughs> no, you're fine. Oh, thanks. So how do you go about testing your async code? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think testing async, I think, I mean, I think, honestly, it's just nothing special. You just use RSpec, of course, or Minitest, if, you, if that's your thing. I'm an RSpec guy. And, you know, my current approach is being just like a high-level integration test. And really, like, there can be a scenario where you do not even have to have anything specific to async in your test. Like, you can just mm-hmm. test your code as a regular Ruby code, right? Your tests do not have to know that, like, back to the standard common uh, async example where you're making five HTTP requests in parallel. Your RSpec or your tests do not have to know that you're making those requests in parallel as opposed to synchronously, right? Like, unless you're, of course, timing, you know, making like uh, some kind of time-based expectations in your tests. But, you know, if you, if you go back to common examples, like in RSpec, you just want to make sure that you made those five requests, for example. And if you mm-hmm. just plug in VCR, again, your RSpec code does not even have to know you're using uh, async. In fact, I would be, I feel comfortable saying, like, if you, for example, for some reason, tear out async, use threads, in a, you know, for, uh, for, you know, for your basic API client example, your specs should all pass, I think. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's it. I guess, you know, you were asking, like, if there, you could ask if there's anything else. There is, like, if you, if you're using advanced uh, async, you know, if you're, for example, I've written a library with async. So then again, you know, if, if it's built wholly around async, of course, you would have to, you know, your specs do have to know that it's an async world. So there is an RSpec async library, or is it async RSpec? I, I kind of forgot. So async RSpec or RSpec async made by the same creator as async Ruby. And it has a couple simple assertions that make that you can use to you just more easily test your async code. So, you know, that's it. If, if anyone is interested in, in testing your, your advanced async code, there is this library that makes it a breeze. All right. So my question for you right at this moment is it kind of has to do with like workloads. And we've talked a little bit about why you might choose to use async or whatever. And I feel like for me, what's really important, like when I'm talking about parallelism to other developers is kind of describing what the problem is. I feel like that's like the only way that I've ever been able to successfully communicate some of this stuff with people. Uh, so the thing that I'm thinking about kind of harkens back a little bit to Valentino's question earlier, which is what kinds of workloads do you feel like work well with async? So for example, I was kind of, you've talked a lot about like HTTP requests. I'm gonna make a ton of HTTP requests in parallel. And I'm thinking about use cases for the most part where I make a bunch of requests, but then maybe I parse all of them. Or maybe, I, maybe I'm adding records to my database, right? And that kind of use case happens to fit really well, for example, just shoving it into Sidekick. So I, the thing that I thought of, I was like, well, you know, maybe, maybe I grab a bunch of, I do a bunch of HTTP requests, like maybe I'm checking statuses, right, of a bunch of pages or something. So I'm literally just grabbing the HTTP status or something. Could you talk a little bit about like maybe what use cases would make sense with like this kind of low level parallelism, right, versus like the sort of high level abstracted parallelism that throwing something in a sidekick queue is giving us? Yeah. Uh, okay. So I heard you, John, uh, but unfortunately, you were choppy again. 
So you, uh, what I heard, the, the part that I heard was what kind of workload is a good a good fit for async? I think that's a good question. And then another thing, uh, it was about uh, psychic, but I, unfortunately, I did not understand it well because of the choppiness. So maybe I can answer the first question, and then if someone can please repeat the second part. So about what kind of workload is good for async? That's a good question. So I think any I.O. bound workload is just awesome for async, right? As opposed to CPU bound. And what do we mean by I.O., right? Of course, it's making or, or receiving or handling requests. It could be HTTP, it could be something else. That is just an awesome fit for async, especially if you do, are not making a lot of, if you're not making a lot of use of the CPU. That's a, that's a fantastic fit for async. On the other hand, you know, if you have a lot of heavy duty CPU processing, maybe you're like, uh, I don't know, generating PDFs and it takes a lot of time. Stuff like that, it's not a good fit. It's not a good fit. And maybe not to answer the question shallowly, maybe I can go just a tad deeper into it. Uh, so async is using, uh, we mentioned fibers. And fibers, they work in a paradigm that's called co-op- cooperative concurrency, right? And that is opposed to how threads work, where uh, each thread gets a fixed-time execution. And, and at that point, it stops, it's interrupted by, you know, a thread scheduler and another thing is, is then uh, resumed, right? So with threads, you could not have a scenario where you have 50 threads and one th- just one thread is taking up all of your CPU resources and, and just working indefinitely. That cannot happen with threads because you have a thread scheduler and after a certain amount, a number of millisecond, milli- milliseconds, uh, that thread scheduler saying, okay, Thread number one, you stop now and then resume another random thread that you have going on. Now, that's the scenario threads. With async, you have these fibers. And what can happen if you throw a, you know, a CPU-heavy workload into async and into fibers, a single fiber can really clog your CPU. If you start working some heavy CPU-intensive computation, a single fiber can just, just work on it indefinitely. And that can clog all of your other fibers. So the reason be for, for that is because with this cooperative paradigm, a, a fiber has to voluntarily pass, uh, you know, the execution to some other fiber. And that does not happen explicitly, right? It's not that you co- in your code you have, okay, we are on async fiber number one, and then we pass it to fiber number two, for example. No, that happens in these, like, we can call them yield points. For example, if a fiber number one just finished making the HTTP request and now has to wait for 200 milliseconds, well, in that case, the fiber scheduler will say, this is a good point where for 200 milliseconds or even more, we can transfer the context of execution to some other fiber that was waiting, that was waiting. So that's that's a different paradigm. And and yeah, I mean, I think the kind of I kind of dug in deeper into why maybe you know uh, these fibers in async are more like better for uh, I/O based, you know, I/O heavy workloads as opposed to CPU heavy, right? Of course, you can still do CPU computations within your async tasks and all that, but I think that's that's the only thing that you're working with is uh, CPU computation that kind of does not make sense. Hopefully, that answers the first part of the question. Hey, folks, I'm here with JD from Raycon. 
You know, JD, we were talking just a second ago about empathy, and it seems like a common concept within the programming community. And yet, when we're building features for customers, a lot of times we call it done when it passes CI, deploys, and doesn't give us errors. And that really doesn't seem very empathetic when it comes to our customers because we're not looking at what they're doing. Do you have thoughts on this? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at, at the end of the day, until until your code actually hits the customer, um, you don't really know if it's any good. Uh, you know, everybody uses things in so many different weird and wonderful ways. You can only really debug in production. Um, yeah, I've been there. It's old, done. It's not done. Oh, crap. It's not done. <laughs> I got to go fix it. Now it's done. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And when we see things like error reports flowing into Raygun, right. you know, a lot of the time it's things where you just kind of go, oh, that was a configuration that as a developer, mm -hmm. I, I didn't think could exist, but actually here's an example. And so it's connecting that code to customer and your development team through to real users and their experiences, which to your point, builds real empathy. And the best software teams care a lot about how their customers are experiencing their software. Right. It's kind of the feedback from the app, but it's also kind of this meta feedback is we do better, we tend to get less of this negative input back from our customer, which really does reflect empathy. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think to your point earlier about CICD pipelines, like we've done an amazing amount of work as an industry to automate getting to prod really fast. But if you mm -hmm. really want to go super fast, you need to close that loop with real-time feedback from prod back to the dev team. And that allows them to do things like fail forward and just do, you know, really leverage that investment in CICD and, and, and it can turn into a real superpower. Yep, absolutely. So I'm going to encourage you folks, yeah, set up your CICD, but then go sign up for Raygun. They'll actually give you a free trial and you can get it at raygun.com. Now, can you guys please repeat the second second question or maybe we can want to something else? Yeah, go ahead and ask uh, the second chance, part, John. I'll re-ask it and if he can't understand any chance one of you guys could rephrase it. So what I was trying to ask was uh, kind of earlier we had talked about Sidekick as sort of like a high-level abstraction of parallelism, right? And my thought here was, so you talked about in your article and today, HTTP requests and parallel. And so a network IO request. And I guess file IO probably fits this bill same way. But I was thinking, okay, so we often use Sidekick as sort of like that high-level abstraction where I'm like, oh, I'm going to make 100 HTTP requests or whatever, 1,000, million, whatever, and I want to parse my responses and do something with it. Maybe I want to drop something in a database or whatever it is, right? So, But I have, I have work to do after I get it back. And, and so I can parallelize that whole process on a per you know, basis by queuing up a million sidekick jobs. And I was just kind of curious, like, for me, I'm thinking, okay, Maybe maybe a good fit for async versus sidekick is like, oh, I, no, basically, I guess more or less what you said, right? Like no CPU processing time here, right? Like I just want to grab the HTTP status or something. So I kind of lost my question. So I had to rephrase it and rethink it through. Can you, you, you repeat uh, because it was choppy for me? Yeah, I caught the first part of it and then I couldn't understand the last part of it. I think I know what John is talking about. So like... Currently, we have like this abstraction of Sidekick where you just throw a bunch of stuff at it onto mm -hmm. the onto the queue, and it'll work and churn through it sort of asynchronously as pull jobs off as it as they're available. And, and that's kind of like the approach people have taken when they want to background something, a group of processes. And so, what I guess is the advantage of like, are, is there some kind of some differences between those ideas? 
or advantages over using like async uh, versus just having a background processor? Does it like uh, is there what's the value, I guess, of of having the async versus having something like Sidekick to process jobs? Like, is there now no longer a reason to have Sidekick around now that we have this new fiber scheduler? Mm-hmm. And and async to kind of do these things that it already does. Right. I think it's a good question. I think that's a uh, so to be clear. I think Sidekick still does have its place for sure. For sure. Like there's like I think no way async can invalidate that. But yeah, let me think. Uh, I'm I'm thinking how the best approach to be answering this question. So okay. Uh, so I I heard John like ask this question like if you have a million HTTP requests. You just enqueue million sidekick HTTP jobs and just let it churn and you're good. That's how would you currently do it in Ruby. That's fine, I think. Where what async can improve is really, I mean, maybe I can't really talk abstractly, and but like let me say this. So what I've built, you know, part of my project with async, I've built a crawler, right? So I think it's exactly the the, the use case you're you're talking about. Like I'm trying to uh, a crawl. A website that has like 10 million pages, right? So I, I practically have a queue of 10 million, 10 million requests to make, right? Uh, where async comes into place is it's just much more. It's like I can easily make a couple hundreds, a couple hundred HTTP requests in parallel. Whereas I think uh, on a single CPU, by the way, right? Whereas I think, for example, uh, with Sidekick, I did not think it's advised. You know, I think the maximum parallelism like the maximum number of threads per sidekick process is i guess around 50 so so i think that's like a simple answer like async allows you and that's just talking about a single cpu right if you kind of scale it up to multiple cpu you just you know multiply the benefits or you know we're not talking about multiple uh you know multi-cpu we're just talking